is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great. <laughs> All right. So, for first podcast of the year, podcast devotional, you know how they are. Uh, and you know what? We're gonna start things off right. And although I am gonna talk about something scary and tragic, and still is of right now, pretty uncertain, um, what I saw that happened on Monday night was incredible, and dare I say it, refreshing. I know. So, let me take you back. On Monday night, I was at the swearing-in ceremony of my friend Darnell Hartwell, as he is now the Berkeley County Coroner, and uh, I was asked if I could come in and do some worship songs, uh, which in itself uh, was pretty cool because uh, this is a a government job slash ceremony thing. And it seems like every day in the world we live in, government tries to distance itself from Christ. Now, knowing Darnell, knowing he's a man of God, someone who wants to do his part in expanding the kingdom, I knew the ceremony would be different. And it sure was. It did not disappoint. Because not only was I able to lead two worship songs, there was prayer throughout it. There was talk of God um, Pastor David here gave a short message. Um, and here's the thing, even though we were celebrating Darnell and his accomplishment and, and his new time in, in office as coroner, God got all the credit for placing Darnell here, for making things happen, for putting his team in position. And it was a great night, just a great night of celebrating and worshiping. And it was just it was good stuff. Then so that went. That was Monday night. I got home, and I was having time with my family. You know, we were hanging out. Um, and then at about 9.30, we usually go upstairs, put the girls down, do prayers with them and all that. And uh, we, my wife got a text uh, from a friend asking if I was watching Monday Night Football, which I wasn't. Uh, but we were told about what happened to Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin. Um, if you don't know, he was on the field. He tackled the guy, and then he got up and then went back down, had cardiac arrest, they had to do CPR, he's in critical condition, all right? So that all happened. So um, after putting the girls down, Lauren went to sleep and all that, I went back downstairs to see, you know, what was happening, if there was any updates, see if the game was back on, all that, see if the guy was okay. Uh, what I saw was amazing. Now, how can you say what you saw was amazing. You saw the aftermath of a terrible, tragic injury or event that happened. Well, what was amazing is when I went back downstairs, they had suspended the game, and there was a scene on Monday Night Football of both teams on their knees in prayer. Now, as unfortunate as it was that this man had a cardiac arrest and it happened in front of everybody to this, you know, young and seemingly healthy man. I can't remember the last time I saw a prayer happen like that on national television. 
big, grown, tough guys on their knees, many in tears, praying, crying out for the Lord to help. And to me, that's something that the world has been missing for a while. It's just prayer. But think about this. On one of the most watched events of the year, which is Monday Night Football, it's always leads the the um, the viewers and and every week that football is on Monday Night Football is number one. Um, this particular game had huge playoff ramifications, so there was extra eyeballs on it, extra people tuning in for this. Um, we saw in that time where there was all these people watching, men hit the ground crying to the Lord to intervene to heal this young man. And it was kind of like in 1 Timothy 2.8, it says this, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. So if you think about it, these teams are battling for playoff position. They're both putting it all on the line. Tough guys trying to implement their will on the game. It's a physical, tough game, high emotions, adrenaline, it's just it's to see that all these big strong men in the end that was all meaningless the teams prayed together without anger without dispute just like first timothy said it was pretty beautiful to see and i prayed too but when we look at the majority of the world cuz i did a little research on this Really, only 33% of the world say that they're Christian or, or believe in Jesus as our Savior. So if we take that number, 33% in the world, and we just put that into the NFL, let's just say 33% of the NFL are believers, are Christians, that they believe Jesus is our Savior. So if that's the case, why, or better yet, how, um, is it that this many non-believers... Uh, would stop everything and pray. And and what I when I say pray is I'm not saying uh, sending good vibes your way like like many people say on social media when they don't believe like when when you see a post hey can you pray for this and someone's like sending good vibes are you I don't I don't think that's the thing. So how is it that all these people that weren't believers how would they pray like that seems like that wouldn't happen. Well, a new survey has found that one in five adults pray despite saying they're not religious or believers. The survey says many or most non-believers in them, it is a instinctive response to crisis to say, please God. So perhaps it shouldn't be surprising that it happens. And See, see what it said there? It said, it's an instinctive response. If there were no God, if he didn't create us, if he wasn't our savior, or wasn't our Messiah, how in the world could it be instinctive? It wouldn't be. So this, to me, it strengthens the argument that, that we have a Lord who oversees everything, that is powerful, that is sovereign. And that's pretty amazing to think about. So when I think about the first day of 2023, we have a scene on one of the most watched television events on television, and the scene is group prayer. Then the next day, 
no doubt everyone is going to be talking about what happened uh, because that's the big thing on the, the following day of Monday Night Football as everybody discusses it. Um, we have analysts sharing their thoughts, news coverage. So so this prayer, which is part of the story, it, it was shared all over. Um, this is part of what's being reported on uh, with millions of people who weren't watching that night before. So the act of communicating with God is being broadcast to more people all over the world, and it was awesome. Then, here's here's another amazing thing. So I turned into ESPN the next day, and I saw this from Dan Arlovsky. He's an analyst. He's a former NFL player. He was talking about the incident and dressing, and he was addressing prayer itself, saying he believes that prayer is powerful and that prayer does work. Then he says, I want to pray right now. I don't know if it's appropriate on here or not, but I just want to pray. pray. And he does, right there, on the air, and I loved it. So I, I've never been a big Dan Arlovsky fan, but I am now. He went on national television and prayed that on air of a company that is owned by Disney that seems to be moving more and more away from God every day. And I loved it. Here it is. I'm going to play it for you. Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like, thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It him. is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. We will continue. Now, in, in talking about prayer and how only 33% being Christian in the world, how would all of these guys, if we say that only 33% are believers, the other 67%, how would they even know how to pray when they all stopped what they were doing, both teams, and got on their knees and prayed? How would they all know how to pray if many of them didn't believe? They couldn't, right? Um, they probably just bowed their heads and closed their eyes and that really isn't prayer at all, is it? Well, in Romans 8.26, it says this. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we, don't, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. So, yes, they were praying. We have a God that is so good, we don't even need to know how to pray in order for him to hear us, to understand us, to move through us, 
It's unbelievable and absolutely amazing. And now I pray that this young man, DeMar Hamlin, is healed, that he's restored to his former health. Uh, I pray that he's able to continue doing what he does best, which is play football and provide for his family. I pray that his family is comforted and provided for in this time. But most of all, I pray that this tragic event that we all witnessed or heard about uh, is used for good. It is used for sharing the good news of our God. I pray that this is the launching point of a worldwide revival where instead of Christianity being shunned by the mainstream media, it's now embraced. I pray that all the non-believers and the atheists see what has happened and that God is real. And I pray that everyone sees the power of prayer. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. He will heal our land. Our land needs healing. We're living in such a selfish, woke, sinful time right now where everything is based on the individual on us. You need to be your best you. Whatever you need to do to feel good. It doesn't matter if you're boy, girl, you consider yourself a donkey. It doesn't matter. You could be whatever you want. As long as you're happy, love is love. That's what we're dealing with right now. And I have pastor friends that we've both said, I sure hope Jesus is coming because I don't know what to do. Things have gotten so out of control. I don't even know what to do. But we do know what to do. It's the first thing that we should always do, and that is prayer. We need to pray fervently. Never stop praying. God can do amazing things. And when me and my friends get down about what the world is going through right now, it's not like God doesn't know what's happening. He has this all. He's seen this before. He is the one in charge of everything, and he is good, and he is sovereign, and he will take care of it but we just need to pray. Keep those lines of communication with our Lord open. Constant prayer. So that's kind of all I got today. Hopefully you got something out of this. If you did, please share it. Um, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.